For months, the U.S. economy has looked bleak. But the stock market, on the other hand? Markets on Wall Street defying the coronavirus. Stocks soaring to record highs, bringing the shortest bear market in U.S. history to an end. The stock market has gone up and up and up. What a month it has been. For stocks, it's the best in over three decades. It has hit new heights dozens of times, dozens of days this year. It's been an incredible run for these tech stocks, especially during a global pandemic. It's ended at all-time highs. Our colleague Liz Hoffman covers Wall Street. The surge has been primarily driven by a couple of big companies in technology. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And sort of late July and early August, tech stocks just start to rip. They start to rise faster than the rest of the market. And it has a lot of Wall Street scratching their heads, frankly, trying to figure out what's going on. Liz was scratching her head, too. She knew that some investors were buying tech stocks because they thought those companies wouldn't be hurt by the pandemic. But that didn't explain everything. There starts to be this chatter about a single trade out there that is pushing the market up, that there is a whale out there, a single trade that is putting a lot of buying pressure around tech stocks and dragging the entire stock market up with it. Is a whale a technical term? I don't believe that it is. A whale tends to get attached to big trades in the market. Uh, These are investors that are out there lurking under the surface, and you never see them, but they can make these really big waves. And what was this whale known as? I guess we're calling it the NASDAQ whale. The NASDAQ whale. Because this single investor was having a huge impact on the tech-heavy NASDAQ index. So Liz and her colleagues started trying to figure out who the whale was. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, September 11th. Coming up on the show, the single investor who made a giant bet on tech and how that bet fueled a market rally. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers. Removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com AI for people. In August, Liz and her colleagues started trying to uncover the identity of the NASDAQ whale. And the fact that this trade was made with billions and billions of dollars helped narrow down that list. There's only a small universe of investors with that kind of money. Could be Warren Buffett, (laughs) right? It could be a giant private equity fund, but the universe is pretty small. And so we basically just start crossing people off the list. And when we got down to the bottom of it, the name that we kept hearing is SoftBank. For those of us who haven't spent a lot of time looking at SoftBank, can you tell us what is SoftBank? At its core, it is a Japanese cell phone company. But that is a very small part of what it is and what it does. It has built itself in the last five years or so into a technology investing conglomerate. 
Their goal is to be the Berkshire Hathaway, the Warren Buffett of technology, where they have stakes in all of these companies. And you've probably heard about them. They were big investors in things like Uber and DoorDash and WeWork and all of these private Silicon Valley unicorns. And how much money does SoftBank control? SoftBank is one of the biggest pots of money in the world. It has hundreds of billions of dollars of cash and assets, and it's not afraid to spend that money. In addition to having a ton of money, SoftBank also has a history of making bold bets. SoftBank is run by a Japanese billionaire named Masayoshi San. He has really big, futuristic ideas and is unafraid to put huge amounts of money behind them, the kind of money that would make anyone else cry if they lost it. In SoftBank, they show up in big places doing big trades that turn a lot of heads. They're not afraid of the spotlight. They're not afraid of doing things in size that would make you or I blush or hide under the bed. They, they make big trades. But SoftBank's track record on those big trades hasn't always been good. Last fall, they started losing a lot of money. They'd had a hugely embarrassing blow-up with WeWork, the big office space sharing company. They owned a big stake in it, and then it all just came crashing down last fall. Billions of dollars just went poof on paper. So that was one big setback. The Vision Fund, that $100 billion technology fund that SoftBank runs, was down double digits. It had hundreds of millions of dollars of losses. SoftBank had its worst annual earnings ever. They lost $9 billion dollars. Its stock price was way down. And Masa, a lot of his net worth is tied up in SoftBank stock, and he borrows heavily against it. And he was getting called by the banks who said, we have a problem because the collateral for your loan is not worth what it used to be. I mean, this was a company that looked like it had gotten over its skis and was now, for lack of a better analogy, tumbling down the mountain. SoftBank needed to change course. And that's exactly what it did. This spring, the company started selling some of its investments. The goal was to raise billions of dollars from those sales and use the money to win back investors. So they were in a bit of a reset early this year, kind of a come-to-Jesus moment, let's see what we want to do next. Um, but they were also sitting on a ton of cash. And Masa is not the kind of guy who likes to sit on cash. It burns a hole in his pocket. And he wanted to go spend it. And spend it, he did. Early this summer, all of a sudden, SoftBank pops up with a disclosure that says they own a bunch of stock in Amazon, Netflix, Tesla, and other big tech stocks. And everyone thinks, well, that's a little weird. Those investments were a big departure for SoftBank. Investing in established tech companies is not what SoftBank is known for. Normally, SoftBank invests in startups, companies that have lots of potential, but not a lot of experience. But SoftBank soon made it clear that investing in established companies on the stock market was going to be a new part of its strategy. In August, the company announced a new initiative, a hedge fund-like unit inside SoftBank. They're raising about $555 million, which is important only in that in Japanese, the numbers 555 is pronounced go, go, go. And that's not an accident. Masa is very much into hidden meetings and Easter egg clues. And they started to put some of that money into tech stocks. Plenty of people have gotten really rich in the last 10 years, and no one has gone broke betting on big technology companies. They just keep going up and up and up. And that's a wave that you can ride. And if you can ride it just a little bit smarter and put just a little more money into it than anybody else, and those are two things that SoftBank prides itself on doing, 
you can make a ton of money. And SoftBank's move to ride the tech wave, a little bit smarter with a little bit more money, led it to make the bet that would help drive the market to record highs. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This summer, SoftBank made another massive bet on tech stocks using something called stock options. Now, the way to think about options is there's a simple way to buy stocks, which is that I give you money and you give me a share of Apple. But there's this whole other market called options, which is I give you a little bit of money, not enough for a whole share of Apple. And then I get the right to buy that share in the future for less than it would be worth. They're bets on the direction of a stock. And SoftBank's bet was that the direction the tech stocks would go was up. And so it bought $4 billion worth of options, which gave it the right to buy shares of those tech stocks later on. And an options trade like this goes beyond just the investor making the bet. When the time comes, someone on the other side of the bet has to have the stock for them to purchase. When you buy an option from somebody, that person is on the hook to find that share of Apple to give to you later. So more often than not, they go out and buy it. So it has the same effect as if you'd just gone out and bought the stock. And when buyers of a stock outnumber sellers of the stock, the price goes up. And so a bet this size has this kind of chain reaction where the direction that you bet, if you put enough money behind it, you can make it true. And so here is SoftBank betting on the market to go up and putting so much money behind it that they basically guarantee that it will go up. So essentially what you're saying is it's a factor of SoftBank scale. Like a retail investor who buys an option for, say, Apple isn't going to turn the entire market. But because SoftBank was putting so much money behind its bet, it changed the dynamics of the entire market. Yes. Another thing that happened is that SoftBank's options bet had an outsized impact on the actual share prices. Because of how options work, this $4 billion bet likely led others to purchase tens of billions in tech stocks. And according to analysts, that made SoftBank's trade one of the main drivers of the tech rally this summer. And that's how SoftBank became the NASDAQ whale. But as of now, it's not clear how much money SoftBank will ultimately make from this bet. Because it could also backfire. A market that goes up 
can also come down. When you have a single trade or a single investor that's able to prop up the markets and push them up, that trade can unwind very quickly. And the money that was made on paper for them and everyone else can evaporate just as fast. So this massive trade could also drag the market down. Absolutely. You know, the tech sector fell this week. It's bounced back a little bit. It's hard to untangle exactly what's causing all of those things. I think it's easier to say that SoftBank had more to do with the the run up than the decline. But, you know, it fell from heights that it only reached because this trade was pushing up prices. SoftBank hasn't commented on this trade. Some sources have suggested that the company designed its bet in a way to limit huge losses. And when this trade was reported, a lot of people weren't happy. The company's stock dropped by 7% on Monday after the news broke, erasing more than $10 billion in SoftBank's market value. It has kicked up, I think, some long-running concerns about SoftBank, that they are a bunch of cowboys sort of sniffing out an opportunity in the market and pouncing on it without a ton of forethought or strategy. You know, investors like to see you make money, but they don't like to see you make money doing something goofy because it means that you can't do it again and that it doesn't really have anything to do with your core business. So its investors were not happy at all. But SoftBank's move doesn't just have implications for the company or for its stock price. Liz says it speaks to the power of the tech sector today. We've gotten to a point in markets over the last decade or so, where a very small number of people and companies wield a huge amount of power. This trade showed the ability of a single investor with a big thesis and a ton of money to take advantage of the way the market has developed and the huge sway these technology companies have to really pull around people's savings. My 401k went up and down because of something SoftBank did and I had no control over that. And so you and I are kind of trapped in this game, and it's basically a game of tennis between five big companies and pots of money that can move the market around with them in ways that are really important for regular people and their money. That's all for today, Friday, September 11th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting for this episode by Summer Saeed, Gunjan Banerjee, and Fred Dvorak. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show's made by Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Annie Minoff, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Caitlin O'Keefe, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rose Strasser, and Rob Zipko. Our show's engineered by Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak, with help from Sam Baer. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from So Wiley, Katherine Anderson, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.